Father, we're grateful um, for who you are, that you're a God who reveals himself to us, and you've done that through your Son, the Word made flesh. So we thank you for Jesus, who is the very Word of God, who has come to this forsaken earth that has um, walked in the brokenness and uh, come out victorious, that we might have life, that we might be able to come this morning and sing that Christ can be magnified because of the death and resurrection of our Savior Jesus. And so as we step into your word this morning, would you do a work through your spirit in our hearts to make us attentive to what you would have us learn in your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we couldn't figure out the problem. We tried diagnosing the problem all kinds of different ways. What was the problem? It was a first world problem. We couldn't get grass to grow in our courtyard. Like the, the entrance of the church that I was at, we couldn't get the grass to go right. And so in the summers, weeds would just grow up everywhere in the courtyard. And we tried to figure it out in multiple ways. We tried to deal with the hardness of the ground and make it softer. And we were able to figure that out, kind of, kind of keep the kids off of it a little bit to do that. Uh, we looked at how we were watering and changed the way we were watering the soil we looked at fertilizers and using the right fertilizers. We talked to our landscaping company about how deep or how tall the grass needed to be cut. We did all kinds of things. But we couldn't fix the problem. We forgot one really important thing. We forgot to check the quality of the soil. And so we finally did that. After all that testing, we finally got somebody in to test the quality of the soil in our courtyard. And to no surprise to us, we found out that this was junk soil. And the guy that came out, he measured it. And he said, hey, this is really terrible soil. Let me ask you a question. Did you just bring in leveling soil to level out this courtyard when you all moved in? And the answer was yes. It didn't matter what we tried if we didn't deal with the root problem of the soil. It was unhealthy. It wouldn't produce the growth that we needed it to produce. If you want something to grow, you have to plant it. In good soil, right? There's a corresponding spiritual truth to that physical reality. You see, for the seed of God's word to grow, it's got to take root in good soil. So let me ask you as we begin 2022, how's the soil of your heart? How does hearing and reading God's word, how is it landing on the soil of your heart today? Is the soil of your heart hardened? Because it's been stepped on by someone or something? Is it shallowed by the sin that is eating away maybe at the depth of the soil of your heart? Or maybe it's just the pursuits and the plans and the pursuits that you're pursuing and the priorities that you have, they're just choking out the word of God, taking root. Is the soil of your heart needing some aeration? Is it needing some fertilizer? Is it needing some watering? Is the pH balance off of the soil in your heart? If so, what do you do about it? See, the Bible will say, Jesus will speak a bit about tending to the soil of your heart. Turn with me to Mark chapter 4. We'll be in Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20 this morning, page 839. If you need a Bible next to you, the words will be above in your Bible, in your chair. And here we find, in Mark chapter 4, we find Jesus using the physical world around him in the first century, which was very much an agrarian culture, and teaching about spiritual realities using the physical 
world, and he does so in parables. You ever seen the parables of Jesus when you get to, this is one of the first ones you see in the book of Mark, but parables usually use the physical world to teach a spiritual reality. And sometimes in a parable, there's people that don't really understand, and then there's the insiders of Jesus' kingdom who can understand. But even there, Jesus has to often interpret the parable for his disciples. Even his disciples who are followers of Jesus, who have hardened hearts that need to hear his word more clearly. We're going to look this morning at the parable, just this morning, at the parable of the sower. Maybe you know it that way. Maybe you know it as the parable of the soils. And you're going to see the importance of taking the seed, the truth of God, specifically the gospel, Jesus' words, and broadcast spreading those seeds. When you think about seeds growing in a field, you might think in this day and age about a field being plowed deeply and then seed being put in that field in the dirt of that soil and being covered up and then it grows. But in first century, oftentimes, there was just broadcast spreading and sowing of seeds. And so what you would see is a person with a bag, a person with a bag, and they would take the the seed and they would spread it in all kinds of places. They would spread it on the good soil. They would spread it in the thorns. They would spread it all over the place that the life in the seed might take root. And so we come to the parable of the sower, or the parable of the soils, and I want to ask and really answer four questions. Four questions that really have to do with the soil of our hearts, the condition of our hearts, even the composition of our hearts as it relates to hearing God's word, as it relates to receiving what God might have to say to us. What's the condition of your heart? Are you eager to hear the word? Are you eager to read the word and receive it? Receive the implanted word, as the book of James would say. Mark chapter 1, verse 1 through 20. Let me, excuse me, Mark chapter 4, verse 1 through 20. Let me read it for us, and we'll dive in, and we'll look at four questions. Mark chapter 4. This is Jesus. Imagine this scenario. Again, Jesus began to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered about him. We think it's one of the largest crowds that comes to gather around Jesus. So much so that he got into a boat. So he got into the sea and sat in the boat and spoke to the large crowd beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And he sowed some seed that fell along a path and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no grain. And other seed fell upon the good soil and it produced grain growing up and increasing and yielding 30 fold and sixty fold and a hundred fold and he said he who has ears let him hear verse 10 and when he was alone those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables and he said to them to you it has been given the secret of the kingdom of God but for those outside everything is in the parables so that they may indeed see but not perceive and may indeed hear but not understand lest they should turn And be forgiven. Hard sayings of Jesus. That would be one of them. 
And he said to them, do you not understand? So now he's talking to the disciples. Do you not understand as well this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? And now he explains it. Aren't you glad when Jesus explains the parable, explains what he's saying? We don't have to interpret a lot here. Verse 14, the sower sows the word. So the sower, primarily being Jesus, and anyone who sows the seed of the word, the gospel, the truth of God's word, and these are the ones along the path. So you see four soils. Along the path where the word is sown, where they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on the rocky grounds. When they hear the word, immediately they receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves, but they endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. Notice the progression of the seed being received. And others are the ones sown among the thorns. Those are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. What's the soil of your heart like this morning? As we look back at verse 14 and 15, we'll really hone in here on verses 14 through 21. The first question that I have for you about the soil of your heart this morning is this. Is the soil of your heart hardened? That's where Jesus goes. Think about Jesus being on the sea and knowing all things, and he has this big, broad audience, and he's speaking about the importance of listening up and listening to his words, the words of the kingdom that he's speaking. And you know what he knows that we don't? He knows their hearts. He knows the content. He knows the composition of the soil of all these different people's hearts, who he's calling to believe, who he's calling to hear. So what's the soil of your heart? Like Is it hardened, as Jesus would say here in verse 14? Look at it again. Verse 14. How then will you understand the parables? The sower sows the word. And so the sower is Jesus, the seed is the word of God, and the soil is the hearts of these people. And look at it on the path. And that day you had fields, and they were usually really long and really narrow, and on the side of the field, what you would see is a path that people would walk, that animals would tread, that wheels would go over, and so the soil on the path was hardened. So if you're that guy throwing the seed out, and it hits on hard ground, it's going to bounce off. It's not going to implant. It's not going to take root. There's not going to be growth because the hardness of the ground. And this is what Jesus is saying and explaining about the path. It's worn down. The soil becomes compacted. It becomes hardened. It becomes stepped on. And it doesn't take root. And what does Jesus say? It says the birds come because it's sitting on the top of the soil and they take it. They take it away and it's quick. You notice immediately it's taken away. The explicit impl implication here, if you look at these couple of verses, the explicit implication is that tough hearts, tough dismissive hearts of God's words are easy targets for the evil one to come and take the word. 
The word that's not implanted. If you think about Israel in the Old Testament, you see this with their hardened hearts. Even the people of God have hardened hearts. If you look at the book of Hosea, there's a couple of places where it talks about the hardened hearts of the nation Israel. In Hosea, we see it. We find it here. That's really small back there. I can't read it today. Hosea chapter 10 about the hardness of Israel's hearts, but listen to the call. He says, sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap steadfast love. Break up, look at it, the fallow ground, the hard ground of your hearts, for it is time to seek the Lord, to seek his word, to seek him that we may come and look at the picture and reign righteousness upon you. What does rain do to soil? It softens it. God's righteousness by seeking him softens your heart, C3. You have plowed iniquity, verse 13. You have reaped injustice. You have eaten the fruit of lies because you have trusted in your own way. That's what a tough heart does. You trust in our own way. We look at God's way and we turn from it. You know anybody like that? Maybe it's somebody in your family. Maybe that's been you. Maybe that's you right now. When you hear the word or somebody sharing the truth of the gospel or God's word with you, you just immediately turn it away because your heart is hardened. There's a guy I know, he's about 85 years old, and he has one of the softest hearts that I know. And I frequently try to get time with him or time on the phone because he has such a soft heart. And through the experience of getting to know this man, what I learned was he always didn't... He, he didn't always have this soft heart. He had a deeply hardened heart to the things of God. He rejected God for years and years and years of his life. And yet he would describe God taking his hard heart, not over the long term, but quickly, breaking up the fallow ground of his heart and breaking it down that God might do work in it. And he is one of the sweetest, godliest men that I know. So the word for you this morning is that Jesus sows the seed of the gospel and he can change your heart even if it's currently on hard ground. One of the things you miss if you just look at this parable, it, it kind of suggests maybe the implication that you clean up your own heart. But you know what the Bible says? It says, no, God is the one who changes hardened hearts. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You see Paul watering and Apollos Paul planting and Apollos watering, but it's who that causes the growth? It's God that causes the growth. It's not us. And so even this man's heart has changed. So Jesus can change your hardened heart. And I would tell you, even as a believer in Jesus, because here's the implication of this text, is that the disciples often had hardened hearts as well. This is why Jesus interprets the parable for them, because their hearts were a bit hardened as well. And so while the primary application is to people who don't know Jesus, there's application to you and me as well. If you know Jesus, we can harden our heart to his word as well. And maybe it's because somebody's stepped on you, or life has just stepped on you, and it's hardened really the core of your heart toward God and his word. Maybe that hurt has become bitterness and anger, and maybe you just think that that's toward God because something that he hasn't done or something you think he has done to you. But I got to tell you that you often, we often build a bitterness and a hardness 
And it doesn't just stop with other people if we let it go. If we don't let it go, it it moves toward God. In our most honest moments, C3, are there things in your heart that are hardened to God? Are there maybe rooms in your heart that are closed because of the hardness you have for God, that the prison bars are up with the Lord? Is that you? Can I tell you something really great? Jesus can plow that field of your heart even though it's hard. He can plow up the fallow, hardened ground of your heart that you might breathe again if you open yourself up for him. But I'm going to tell you, if you leave it that way, you can't pick it back up. That's our tendency to come back to the bitterness and the anger and the hurt and pick it back up. You got to leave it at the cross. You got to leave it with him because Jesus is all about taking hardened hearts and making them soft again. So let Jesus soften the soil of your heart. Another diagnostic question you see in verse 16 and 17. What, what other kind of soil do we have? So we have a very hardened heart to the things of God. And then we have a very shallow heart that you see next. It's a question of depth. Rocky soil, the soil of our hearts. Is the soil of your heart shallow? I don't mean to say that you're a shallow person, but as it relates to receiving God and his word and opening yourself up to, for God, is it just superficial? This is the implication when Jesus says there's also rocky ground. Imagine Israel. I don't know if you know this, but there's like three inches in the nation Israel of maybe some topsoil, and then it's just rock. It's just rock all underneath that. There's a veneer of soil, but it is a rocky, rocky place. And so imagine the people listening to the rocky soil and go, rocky soil is everywhere. And so you see this rocky soil. And so when the water hits the soil and the sun hits the soil, it springs up really fast, but the heat of the sun takes it and it withers it away. And this is what Jesus is saying, like the seed that is sown on the rocky soil, that it springs up fast. Maybe like that amazing firework that you shot off that cost you 50 bucks on New Year's. It shot up really fast and then it was gone. And so was your $50. Rocky soil. You know anybody like that? You know anybody, whether it's because of intellectually they believed something and they got really excited about the Lord or maybe emotionally they had an experience and they shot up like a firecracker and then it was gone. When the trials and the distress of life came, they bolted because they didn't have root. This is the soil, the rocky soil a shallow heart that doesn't have any roots. How are the roots of your faith? Are they deep? Have you made it through some tribulation? Have you made it through some distress? And have you held on? You know how many times, the Bible says stand firm, stand firm, so many times. I was that kid when I was 10 years old. It shot up fast, I made a profession of faith, but it was completely superficial. It, I believed something intellectually in my heart, but nothing changed in my life. You might need to question, do you have a superficial faith? Or maybe those roots have just gone from deep to shallow because there's so many things that are crowding out the truth of the word in your life. That's kind of the world we live in, isn't it? That's the culture of Christianity that you live in and I live in where we make a profession, we wear a cross, we sing a song. 
And then it's all snuffed out. And we say we're believers in Jesus, but our life doesn't change at all. So let Jesus deepen and soften the soil of his heart through hearing and receiving his word. Third question would be this in verses 18 and 19. Look at it. Is the soil of your heart overrun? Is it divided or distracted? Look at the example of the seed sown in the thorns. So we've seen the path, the seed sown on the path, on the rocky soil. And now we see the seed sown in the thorns. Look at it there in the passage in verse 18 and 19. You see that it's choked out by the worries of life, by this deceptiveness of wealth. It's choked out by whatever else. This is the implication of the text. So is, your, is the soil of your heart overrun with all the things of life? Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talks about this, doesn't he? He talks about the worries of life. Don't worry about your life and what will bring. God will take care of it. Don't have a divided heart. You can't serve God and money at the same time. You can only have one master. And don't worry about the rest of your life. God will provide. You know what Jesus says? But seek first what? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be granted to you. See, there's a singular focus there. That as you focus on the things of God, you're not as distracted. Matthew 6 would be a great text if you struggle with who's really master. Is it money or is it Jesus? If I worry and fear about all the things and all the craziness of the world around me, seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added to you. The implication of the text is these thorns just take control. And they take root. There's a warning here, isn't it? The warning here is that we let our hearts be overrun or distracted or divided. And we just, this is kind of an issue of misplaced priorities, isn't it? I mean, I don't know about you, but I have a lot of New Year's goals. I don't know if they're resolutions, but they're goals. And I looked at it and I thought, okay, I have goals for family. I have goals for um, working out. I have goals for different things. What about my spiritual goals? What? In what way are you going to grow spiritually? Is that on your list as well? We have, often have divided hearts. Here's the thing about divided hearts, though. It's super subtle, right? It's super subtle. You don't really realize it till it's already happened. In September, I was in my office in the back of the house. We have a little back house, a little, little cave in the back. And I've made that my office. Most of the time, we still have the offices up the way. And I'm walking out. It's like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And I open the door to walk out of my office to my house. And I notice there's this little green thing sticking out of the side. Like my handle's right here. And the frame of the door's right here. And there's something green just like sticking out of the frame of the, of the door. I'm like, what is that? Like did somebody just press like a, a, a little piece of plant next to it and what I realized when I looked closer is that thing was growing somehow on the inside of the cave and I started to look and it was this ivy that was on the outside of the little house we have this siding so I step outside and I look at we have a little bitty small little um, flower bed there and what I hadn't realized even though I'd walked by it every day for months in the summer, this wild ivy grows. 
And what had happened is, is that ivy had snuck its way up the siding because there's the wall and then there's the siding and there was room between the siding. And that ivy had grown up into the siding so much so that it was poking out into the, my office. And I think I keep my stuff pretty clean and nice and I'm having a moment. Like, what's going on? And I, and I stopped what I was doing and what I realized was it had grown so far up all the way, like the whole flower bed had grown up and it had crazily choked out all the other things in the flower bed, which I hadn't really even noticed subtly. We have rose bushes in there. I'm like, man, they look pretty, they look pretty short lately. They're usually taller. And I just pulled all this ivy, this wild ivy out that had been growing. It was growing in my house. It was pushing down all the beautiful rose bushes in the flower bed. And I want to show you a picture of how much of this stuff I pulled, if we got it. Like all that was up in the house. And it was those rose bushes, which our, our deer eat them anyway. But they were like half that height because the weeds had choked out the rose bush. And not just the rose bush, it had seeped into our house. What's choking out? What's choking out? God's word doing its work in the soil of your heart. Perhaps it's the worries of life. And you make decisions based off of fear and worry. Perhaps it's the deceitfulness of wealth. Somebody said it this way. He said about wealth and the deceitfulness of wealth. That we try to buy things that we don't need to impress people that we don't like with money that we don't have. Wealth is deceptive. It can be used for good, but it is deceptive to our hearts. Or whatever else. I love how... Jesus just, in, in way of summary almost, in this text, he says that these things choke out the word. And then just the desire for other things, other than God. So let Jesus clean out. Let him clean out the soil of your heart that you might be undivided. And last, there's a question in verse 20 about the health, right? The health of the soil of our hearts. The pH balance, is the soil healthy or not? And what makes it healthy? Look at verse 20. Verse 20 says this, but those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word, accept it, and then bear fruit from it. And then it says, and by the way, a good Yield of crop in Israel was tenfold in that day. That was an amazing yield for a harvest. And Jesus says, if you listen and you hear and you follow, the yield will be 30, 60, 100 fold. There's fruitfulness here. We hear it, we welcome it, we bear fruit. There's a reception of God's word into our hearts. And then there are results that follow from that, that bring health and bring fruitfulness. And so the implication is, is that we can't tune out the word, that tribulation and hurt and hardship can't deter us from pursuing God, pursuing Jesus' words, that the worries and the wealth and the desires that don't distract us, that's the picture of the soul of one's heart.
that is in the good soil that bears fruit. John 15, 5, you know it. I am the vine, Jesus says, I'm the vine. You're the branches. He who abides in me will what? Bear much fruit. But don't forget the last part. Apart from me, you can do everything? No. Apart from me, you can do nothing. This is God's work in growing the seed that's planted. This is what James chapter 1 is really getting at about being doers of the word. Look at James chapter 1. James says this about hearing and doing the word. Know this, my beloved brothers. So these are believers. Let every person to be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and what? Hear and do what? Receive. Receive with meekness, humility. What, what do we receive? The implanted word. Let the seed of the truth of God's gospel and his word take root and be implanted in your heart. Hear it and do it. So let me ask you, what's the composition of your heart right now? Does it need some tilling? Does it need some work? You know, I told you about the courtyard situation. I told you that the soil was bad. So what did we do? Did we do anything? We did something. We got this guy to consult, and he said, here's what you need to do. You need to bring, we need to bring in some good soil. And it's going to take about six to nine months to, to bring in this soil because we're going to have to bring it in in layers. So we're going to bring a truck in, and we're going to dump Good soil on top, about an inch of good soil all the way across the top. And that soil is going to take root. It's going to be good. And then we're going to come in after that and do it again. We're going to bring a second inch of dirt in. And it's going to move, every time we come, it's going to move that good soil down. And eventually, we get to four or five inches. And that grass is going to take root in that new soil. And when that grass takes root in that new soil, that grass will grow thick. And those weeds that you're seeing that are first world problems, the front of your church, they're going to go away. You know what? That's exactly what happened. Over the course of the next six to nine months, that fallow ground was broken up. That hard fallow ground was broken up. And the depth of the soil, the good soil went further and further down and it took root and then there was fruitfulness. There was growth in that grass and the choking out of the weeds was no more. And that's a beautiful picture of what Jesus can do to the soil of your heart. This isn't you picking up your bootstraps and and changing the soil of your heart, this is God doing his work. So your takeaway this morning is this. And think about this as it relates to 2022, to tend to the soil of your heart. Let Jesus tend to the soil of your heart, C3. You know why? His word softens the hard ground of our hearts. His word deepens the shallow roots his word cleanses us and his word takes those distractions away that we might be focused on him. That we could seek first his kingdom 
and it makes us fruitful. And you know how the Bible measures fruit? It's not just the deliverables of good works, although it is Ephesians 2.10. He prepared us for good works, but it's something else. It's the fruit of the Spirit in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. I think I missed a couple. Help me out. Let Jesus tend to the soil of your heart this year. Let me pray. Father, we need this message. Maybe there's one here this morning that is just hardened his or her heart to the truth of the gospel that brings life. And so, Lord, I pray for that person that they would trust and believe in Jesus and what he's done on a cross for them. He's died on a cross for their sins, something that they could never do, that we could never do, that he died in our place and he took our place, that we might have forgiveness, we might have eternal life, that we might be made right with God the Father. And so I pray for that seed to take root in someone's heart here today. I pray that we'd be open and honest about where our hearts are. And I pray for believers in this room today that may have hardness of heart because of scenarios in their lives that they just can't let go of. Maybe a divided heart because the balance of life has pushed out and choked out. You're working through your word in their lives. And Lord, I pray that you would grow us as a church deep. Deep in your word, deep as people who trust you by faith. We thank you that Jesus wants to take hard hearts and makes them soft. We thank you that Jesus wants to take shallow hearts that are superficial and change them. We thank you for your work that you do by your Son and through your Spirit. And Lord, we pray that we would be people this morning of your word. We pray that as we look at our goals for this year, that perhaps we even... Come up with discipline, which is not legalism, discipline to help us break up the fallow ground of our hearts that we might hear your word, that we might come to your word on a daily basis. We might seek you and find you and seek first your kingdom. So Lord, do work that needs to be done in all of us to seek you and find you in your word. In Jesus' name, amen.